I mean, the part that gets me, sitting up there in that press box watching this unfold, unravel, all day yesterday, is what more exactly do they need to see? Good morning. Good Monday morning from Houston. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Texans 30, Steelers 6. Going over what happened, that's for them. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. However, if you start to think about solutions... Actually, I started doing that around midway through the second quarter when I saw where this thing was heading. If you try to keep like some sort of upbeat outlook, how can this be fixed? How can this be immediately addressed? How can it be addressed so that they recover in time for Baltimore and the bye week? And I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I backed right off. In fact, I wanted nothing to do with it. Because if I've reached any stage at all of analyzing these Steelers, it's this. You got to start thinking about the longer term here. You got to start thinking about what's really wrong. Not what went wrong here against the Texans. Now what went wrong against the 49ers and not all of the stuff that they were able to successfully hide that went wrong against the Browns and the Raiders either. You've got to stop. How, how do I put this? Falling for this head coach's view that everything only exists within a given Sunday, that there are no broader trends, that there are no broader patterns, that there's no such thing as the Steelers not having won a playoff game in forever. Doesn't exist in his world. It's all about right now or next Sunday or the Sunday before. And that's it. And I feel like that has taken a stranglehold on this franchise because nobody, including... And chiefly, Art Rooney II sees anything else being wrong, at least not to my knowledge, other than what just happened. And that's not okay. So the press conference afterward, it was a few questions, a few answers from the head coach. He avoided some stuff. He avoided something I asked about the offense. All of that's to be expected. This wasn't. Hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. Uh, that was that was that was an ugly product we put out there today, and so uh, we're not going to do the same things and and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan uh, in preparation this week. Sounded pretty sincere, right? Yeah, hell yeah, we're going to make some changes. We're not just going to keep things. Sure, you are. Actually, you are. And we're going to revisit that exact slice of audio. Mark this down, my friends. We're going to revisit it on Friday's episode. When we will have the entire list of changes that have occurred. And no, those changes can't include Mitch Trubisky replacing Kenny Pickett because Kenny got hurt. 
They can't include bringing Zach Gentry back if that happens because Pat Fryermuth got hurt. You know where that list needs to go, right? You know where it needs to be started. And that's not going to happen. This offensive coordinator, I'm sorry. If if it's tough for you to keep hearing about Matt Canada, I mean, (laughs) consider how tough it is to have to watch his offense. And I'm talking about from your standpoint, not mine. Do you enjoy that? Do you think that that's just something that we should just gloss over, meaning me and you? No, you got to keep pounding this. What are they doing by keeping this guy on board? Never mind the stuff that went wrong for the visitors here. Look at what the home team did. You want to get really ticked off? Look at what the Texans did. Look at their offense on the very first drive when they knew T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith were going to be coming after all those practice squad dudes they had on the offensive line. And you know what they did? T.J. and Alex pinned their ears back and they came after C.J. Stroud and they were going to bring. Oh, wait a second. Where'd the ball go? And C.J. just dumps the ball right into an open area there where there might normally be either inside linebackers or safeties closer to the line or nickelbacks, dimebacks, nothing. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. And you know what the Texans did? They capitalized on it. They adjusted. They worked all week on a scheme that was going to beat the Steelers doing what everyone, everyone, everyone knew they were going to do. Go ahead. Rewind it. Click the video. Watch what Houston did on that first drive. With a bunch of, well, not a bunch of, C.J. Stroud's a really good quarterback. The rest of that offense doesn't excite anybody. But it works because they've got schematics. They've got strategy. They've got smart people running both their offense and their defense, in addition to a smart head coach and DeMarco Ryans. And that's the value of having those guys. That's the value of having people who can move the chess pieces in this sport that is more scripted from a team standpoint than any other. They can do that. The Steelers come out and they look like circus clowns. They're running into each other. They're falling down. They're misfiring all over the place. And their quarterback gets hurt on a fourth and one. On which they tried to pass for some insane reason. Why? Why? When the running back was finally getting going. That's what you've got. That's what you've got, Pittsburgh. That's my reasoning for this broken record. And my reasoning to not apologize for that. I asked Mason Cole. Listen to this, okay? Listen to what he said carefully. I asked him, just in general why this offense was able to get the running game going early in the second half when it couldn't before. Mason, when when you guys come out in the second half the way you did and Najee has those big runs, instead of looking at the stuff that doesn't work, what was it that did work? What what can you guys be doing to get to that point? Yeah, you know, I think uh, there's times where we run the ball really well and then – one, one bad or negative run will, will scare us away from it and we're behind the chains and we're trying to catch up and 
um, you get in bad situations. So um, we just have to be more consistent across the board. We're just not good enough consistently, um, and it's, it's killing us right now. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? That, my friends, is a shot at the coordinator. Those are the kinds of things that are usually off the record. They're not going to be off the record much anymore. They're going to have to take action. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from Ryan, who asks, DK, what's the possibility that our defense is just bad minus TJ Watt? So that makes our offense look so good during camp in the preseason. So bear with me. This defense looks great on paper and beats the heck out of a terrible offense. What's been on tape so far. And then you think everything's great until you play an actual NFL starting lineup. Although I'm thinking... That bad coaching is in on this as well. I mean, even Kendrick Green looked like an all-pro against this group. So is that coaching or management? No, Ryan. It's not coaching or management. It's coaching, management, players, execution, everything. You will hear me on this program. Seize on a specific subject. I prefer to do things that way because I feel like you can get more in-depth and I feel like I can hopefully offer you something of greater value than, oh, this defense stinks. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be able to share with you something that's really, really lasered in with some input from the participants. And maybe you can go ahead and form your own stance on something. However... I can tell you that that's often misinterpreted as my blaming a single facet. This is a bad football team right now, okay? It's a bad offense. It's a bad defense. They've been decent on special teams, especially the kicking game. But that's it. But that's it. My goodness, even TJ couldn't be found yesterday. Going against some grocery bagger at left tackle. It's a bad football team. That never happens because of any one thing. If you prefer to study stuff like this by ranking blame, you go right ahead. My list of blame goes like this. Number one is Matt Canada. Number two is everything else. But the two exists. Across the board, it exists. My friends, this is not going to be solved by firing Matt Canada. 
That's not some panacea. I'm not pretending that it is. Not an idiot. It's a team sport with a lot of things going wrong. I happen to think it's a great place to start. I happen to think that a new coordinator could make a lot of different players feel better about themselves and in turn perform better and in turn make the collective better. And maybe you could get some sort of accumulation going, like a snowball downhill effect, like a little bit like what we saw in the second half of 2022, which incidentally was partly to Canada's credit. This can't go on. This this is not a tenable situation. This is not one of those where the head coach is going to be able to stick it in everybody's faces in two or three weeks and say, oh, and you guys were all down on da-da-da-da. No, this isn't going to change. He's not going to become creative. He's not going to come up with plans that look anything at all like what the Texans did. Going across the middle with screen passes? Who does this? When have you seen that before? On any kind of consistent basis. It was beautiful to watch, unless you were one of the Steelers, the whole way down the field. Now, of course, Terrell Austin and everybody else did have to adjust and did. You didn't exactly see the Texans run away with things by utilizing that formation, but they blew up the Steelers' initial base plan for the game. And the Steelers had nothing, nothing comparable to offer in return. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. It's going to be a bumpy ride here, guys. It is. It is. Let's do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow.